Yes, you got them to convert once, but can you get them to come back to your site again? DigitalMarketingRadio.com The Big Interview with David Bain What does it take to become a web analytics action hero? How do you prioritize your analytics efforts? And how do you improve the efficiency and effectiveness of your online analysis? Those are just three of the questions that I intend to ask my special guest today, Brent Dykes. Brent, welcome to DMR. How you doing? Yeah, great, thanks, and thanks for joining me. Well, Brent is the uh, evangelist for analytics at Adobe, and he's responsible for guiding and evangelizing the vision of Adobe's analytics solutions. He's also the author of two books, Web Analytics Action Hero and Web Analytics Kickstart Guide. So, Brent, what does it take to be a web analytics action hero? Yeah, well, basically, I, I look at it as three things. So first is, obviously, you have to have the ability. Um, and so it doesn't mean that you necessarily have to, um, obviously, you want to be quantitative. You want to like the numbers, the, enjoy the data. Um, but there's other skills besides just those hard skills or the technical skills related to analytics. And so you want to also you know, be able to communicate um, the data um, have interpersonal skills as you're working with different people around the data and obviously have a, a bigger picture understanding of you know uh, the, the marketing trends and and online online business models and, and different things like that so it's it's really a, a comprehensive um, uh, set of skills that you'll need to have um, some of them can be learned some of them are just innate you know being curious or being um, innovative or, or being uh, tenacious and you know really following an insight so that's the ability part of it. The other two parts of it are the environment. So I've, uh, as I've worked with different companies and seen analysts at these companies, I've seen you know very sharp um, analysts um, that that you know have the skills and, and they have the abilities, but um, they're not supported within their organization. So they don't have the executive sponsorship. They don't maybe have all of the resources that they need in terms of the right tools or. Um, other fellow uh, analysts to help them be successful. And so you want to make sure that the environment is right. I've seen people who are, you know, as I said, very sharp, but unable to um, carry through on their skills because they just can't, you know, get over the internal inertia and, and, and the obstacles that are thrown at, thrown their way. And then the last thing is approach. So, um, you know, in my book, Web Analytics Action, here I talk about an approach, and that's really the core focus of the of the book: how to be systematic and how you go through and, and and looking at how you prioritize what you focus on, and then you know being systematic in your analysis, and then and then taking that analysis and communicating effectively. So, it's ability, environment, and approach. Excellent summary there. And I'll tell you what, a question that just springs to mind. Um, if you were taking on someone to actually get started in web analytics, um, ideally, um, you had a choice of two people. Would you want someone with a marketing background or a maths background? Yeah, I mean, I would, I would like to have somebody who has both. <laughs> but, um, you know, I'm a marketer. I, I, you know, I, my undergrad was in marketing. And uh, and then my master's when I did my MBA, it was also in marketing. And so, I really value um, marketers. You know, like if I see somebody, a, a smart kid, 
who's coming out of college, you know, and they're comfortable with the numbers. They don't have to have a math degree. I mean, a lot of business school training, you know, you're going to get exposed to statistics, statistics, I can't say it properly, mm. statistics, economics, you know, a lot of uh, math courses as well. Um, so, you know, they're going to be comfortable with, um, with data or with numbers. Um, and so that's great. You know, also, I've also seen people who come from the stats background or the math background, and they can be very um, bright as well. The only thing I, I would probably give the edge to the marketer in the sense that I think a marketing degree really gives somebody a broad, um, a broad perspective, you know, the bigger picture of why we're trying to do things. And, and, you know, anybody can analyze the data, but if you have that context or that in the back of the mind, you're thinking, okay, how does this, you know, how is this going to help the, you know, how is this going to help us achieve our marketing goals and understanding how, you know, the marketing landscape and everything, all the campaigns, all of the, the contents and, and everything comes together, I think that marketing perspective um, is really beneficial. So I'll go with, you know, that's probably not what you expected, but I'm mm. going to go with the marketer. Interesting. And um, within an organization, do you think it's important for as many people as possible within the digital team um, to have access to analytics and really understand um, as much of the data as possible? Or um, is it more of a specialist role and that that specialist role should report back to other members in the marketing team? Yes and yes. <laughs> uh, I think it's a combination of the two. Um, I think that everybody, you know, we live in a world that's, you know, just immersed in data. We have all kinds of data at our fingertips. And I think that the average marketer needs to get comfortable with, you know, web analytic data or digital analytics data because um, it's going to help them be a better marketer. It's going to help them to fine tune and, and refine their in intuition and um, make them better, you know, help them to make better decisions. Um, so that's one thing. But I also think there's a role for somebody who really lives and breathes the data. You know, I think everybody should be able to at least um, go in and do some basic analysis. But sometimes you're going to need somebody who's just, you know, is going to go deep. And, um, you know, and you might hand that off to your, your specialist who's going to, who knows the tools inside and out, is using them on a daily basis um, and can go in and, and find the, the, the nugget of insight that you need for your business to, you know, to make that business decision. So I think marketers, you know, they're going to look at the dashboards, they're going to look at their reports, they're going to look at that information. Um, but then there is that role for the specialist as well. And, and I think they work together, you know, that mm. digital analyst is going to be a part of the team and, and they're going to, they're going to go um, get you the information when, when you can't get it for yourself. But th I think there is an expectation now that marketers should be able to self-service to some level. Um, you know, obviously, you know, as marketers, you've got a lot on your plate. Um, but I think the bar has been raised. I think you need to be comfortable with the data and, and do a little bit of self-service. And when you say that analyst being part of the team, do you mean that um, ideally that analyst um, should be employed directly by the organization he's doing the work for? Um, or should they or would it be just as effective for that person to be working um, for an agency and to actually have that specialist skill set um, brought in from a third party? Yeah, I, I think there there are opportunities for both. I, I think um, when you're first starting and you don't have the, the the specialty within your own organization or your your company, you know, definitely lean on consultants. You know, that's where you can bridge that gap that you have, and they can help you, um, you know, with some low hanging fruit and, and help you to 
you know, get going. Uh, eventually, I think what's going to happen with marketing organizations is they're going to find, you know, the agency or the consultancy doesn't have the, unless they're working on site, you know, and in, in, in actually physically located in a desk, you know, at the, um, at the site, it's going to be very hard for them to have the context of the business mm. and really understand what's important, what's not important. Um, that's the challenge, you know, myself as a consultant, when I was working with companies, you know, I really was dependent upon my contacts at those companies to give me the, the lowdown on what's happening, you know, what's happening with these campaigns or what's happening in this part of the business. Why am I seeing um, this traffic coming over here? You know, I'm, I'm very dependent on them. Whereas if you have an analyst who's embedded in the team, um, then they, they're going to they're going to soak up. Hopefully they soak up all of that context and it helps to guide their analysis and helps them to be more effective as an analyst. The other the other challenge you have is also sometimes, you know, an IT organization might be centralized. They might have the analyst team within that team. And then marketing has to, you know, ask for permission to work with one of those analysts. And you can run into the same problem where they because um, that analyst is not on the functional marketing team. You know, they're a little bit removed from what's happening, you know, the day-to-day battles that the marketers are facing and and don't have the context and aren't able to provide as much value. So typically I recommend to companies, you know, that, that they get an analyst on their team, um, you know, that's working on the front lines with the other marketers and, and can be, you know, an integral part of that team. Right. And um, I mean, I remember um, 10 years ago or so before the launch of Google Analytics, um, using tools like StatCounter um, to get um, information on um, who's visiting the site, um, where they're coming from and what keywords they're using. Um, but it was fairly simple then. Um, there wasn't a lot of information that you get from your stats. But now, of course, um, um, using um, Adobe tools and um, other tools, there's just so much information there and almost information overload certainly for someone who doesn't really um, understand those tools to begin with and um, what are some of the initial um, areas that um, um, someone needs to focus on in terms of priority well I'm going to start by saying the first thing you need to do is to figure out exactly what are you trying to achieve online you know what are you doing um, what are you trying to achieve with your website or your web presence or your you know with your digital initiatives that you have, what what, what are the um, goals that you have, um, and then and then once you understand that, then it becomes clear which metrics or KPIs are important to you. Um, and so I would say that's the first step. And then and then depending on your business model, I mean every you know company, whether you're a you know financial services company, you know, or if you're a, a retailer or you're a, a news media site. I mean, each each of those different verticals are going to have slightly different business goals, and are going to have slightly different uh, metrics. And so, you know, with that in mind, um, then you're going to look at okay, where are people coming into my site? How are we getting people to the site? You know, whether that's through the campaigns or the referrals or the social channels that you have. You know, how are people getting into the site? Then looking, you know, with with your keeping in mind your business goals and you know why why did we bring them to the site what do we want them to do you know what are, what are they trying to do maybe what we want them to do and what they what they're trying to do are very different an example of that would be you know an e-commerce site that's selling computers uh, they're going to have a portion of their visitors who are just coming for support information they don't want to buy another computer 
Um, so anyways, understanding what, what it is we want them to do. What, do we want them to register on the site? Do we want them to buy something? Do we want them to um, view a product page and, and just learn about a product and then find a retailer that sells it in their neighborhood? Um, you know, or do we want them to fill out a, a lead form so that then we can get our offline uh, sales team to go meet and, and close the business offline? So I think understanding what are we trying to achieve and then what are the steps, you know, between that, that you know, makes it what, you know, as we understand what we want to achieve, you know, and, and making those, those visits successful, what's, what are the obstacles on the website from, that are impeding them from achieving uh, what we want them to achieve, whether that's, you know, making, placing an order or filling out a, uh, an application, um, you know, looking at that process that they go through. You know, a lot of people talk about a conversion funnel. Mm. You know, so that's that's really, I mean, that's that's really where a lot of your success can be made or, or you know, made or lost right there on the conversion funnel. Okay, and I guess that's uh, so, where you, you really improve the efficiency and effectiveness of what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's where you're gonna you're gonna look at it as a you know how many people are coming in the top of that funnel, and then whatever steps are through that that process and then getting to the end. And then obviously, you know, you want to repeat that over time. So it's, you know, yes, you got them to convert once, but can you get them to come back to your site again and, and repeat that? And, and maybe in some cases that's, you know, once they've signed up, you're good. You know, that's all you need them to do. In other cases with a retailer, they probably want them to buy again. And so, you know, it doesn't just end with the conversion funnel. You have to think of it, you know, holistically about the customer and, that individual and, and, and the relationship that you're trying to build with them. Okay, wow. So a lot of great information there. Um, but obviously you've written a couple of books as well there. So um, what's the latest book that you've written and, and, and what topics do you cover in that? Yeah, so just to, just to differentiate the two books, so I wrote Web Analytics Action Hero um, probably about two or three years ago. And uh, that focused on, you know, people who understand understood uh, web analytics. You know, there's there's a lot of a lot of good books out there um, by different authors, and and I felt like I didn't need to teach people web analytics. That's already been covered off, and so what I wanted to do is talk about okay, how do we use these tools effectively? How do we you know really focus on analysis? I think a lot of companies were focusing on too much on the implementation and the reporting aspects, and not really getting to the you know what I think is the real meat of why we do web analytics, which is you know analysis leading to action, mm. and then. And hopefully optimization, um, you know, so improving the business over time. So that that's the first book that I wrote, and then I and, I, and as I talked to different um, companies and, and individuals, I found there's still a, a real appetite out there for just the basics. You know, a lot of business owners and um, business managers and you know people who aren't digital analysts, you know, twenty four seven. You know, there's a bunch of marketers and, and different people who. You know, maybe getting reports, analytics reports, maybe getting um, seeing the data, but but don't understand how it's collected or where it's coming from or, or how to use it effectively. And so, um, you know, if my first book was two hundred one level course, um, this this new book that's actually free for download is actually a one hundred one. So it's a one hundred one in web analytics, and and I go through. Um, the history of web analytics, you know, where did it come from? How did it evolve to where it is today? And then I go into the business essentials. So looking at some of those basic metrics that everybody knows about, you know, page views, visits, 
visitors, you know, what, what are the gotchas and the different things we need to be aware of around those metrics. Then looking at, you know, how, you know, we have a lot of data, you know, we have KPIs and we have, you know, maybe supporting or secondary metrics and, and lots of different business models with different KPIs. So I look at all of that. And then the next section I go into is technical essentials. And so you might be intimidated by that. What I've tried to do, you know, write it for the non-technical person who's obviously interested in learning how the data is collected. And, and, and it can actually, I think, you know, as a marketer, I think, you know, knowing a little bit of the technology side of things can actually help you to refine, you know, what you measure and, and understand what you can or can't measure and why maybe the data, um, you know, comes in differently sometimes and just understanding, you know, the data collection I think is important. And then the last part of the book is I look at the process, you know, so if you're, you know, trying to run, trying to become a data-driven organization or, or data-driven marketing team, you know, what is this process that we go through and how can we, how can we uh, do it more effectively? And so that, you know, I think, you know, I try to write it very, um, very, uh, in an in a, in a easy to read manner and, and try to, to cut out a lot of the fluff. So it's, it's a, a lean and mean 150 pages of just exactly what I think marketers need to know about web analytics. Oh, sounds great. Um, I take it it's um, analyticshero.com that uh, our listeners just need to go to to um, get access to this book you're talking about. Yeah, so if you go to analyticshero.com, click on the blog section and you'll see um, an article introducing the... Um, the new primer that that we just uh, that I just talked about, and on there you'll have you'll find a link that'll take you over to Adobe Press where you can just enter in your email, download it, and you get a free copy either as a, uh, a EPUB or a PDF version. Lovely. Okay. Well, um, if you're listening to this um, discussion on digitalmarketingradio.com, then just um, scroll down the show notes, and I'll also include a link in there. But um, let's move on to the second um, section of our discussion. So that focuses more on your thoughts on where digital marketing in general has been and where it's heading. So starting off with... Software I couldn't live without. What software do you currently use in your business that if someone took away from you, it would significantly impact your marketing success? Well, I have to say Adobe Analytics. Maybe <laughs> I'm a little biased there, but... Yeah, Adobe Analytics, that's something that I use on my own blogs. Um, that's something that, you know, obviously I've worked as a consultant with, with a lot of um, companies. And, you know, the analytics data that you have to understand, you know, how your business is performing, how your campaigns are performing, and, and even your mobile apps. You know, that's, that's a new area that's kind of fast growing. A lot of our customers actually have more traffic now coming from mobile devices than desktop. And so, you know... The, the analytics software is changing and, and adapting to, you know, embrace the the app world and, and the mobile mobile data, and, and definitely Adobe Analytics is is um, as well uh, positioned to to analyze that data. And a slightly more challenging question: What software don't you use, but you've heard good things about, and you've meant to try at some point in the near future? That's a good question. <laughs> Stumped me a little bit here. Um, let me think about that. So one of the things that um, I think what goes hand in hand with analytics software is the the testing or the targeting software. So you know you have optimization software that does A/B testing or multivariate testing, mm. and I think that is the software. I mean, I've been so immersed in in um, analytics software that I haven't had much time to to really 
play with those tools. And obviously, Adobe has Adobe Target, but there's lots of other tools out there that do, you know, A/B testing and, and multivariate testing. Uh, I would say that is the area that uh, I would love to play with more if I had more time, mm -hmm. uh, because a lot of the insights, you know, you might find something in on the analytics side, and then you're like, okay, there's a problem here. Well, what do we do about it? You know, how do we know we can make assumptions or hypotheses around, you know, what's causing the problem, but really A-B testing or, you know, doing a test to understand, okay, we think it's that we have too many fields in our, in our form or our, our, our lead gen form. So let's take out some of the fields and let's test two versions. You know, we'll test one version where we take out certain fields and another that we take out other fields. And then, and then we test it and we, we see that cause and effect and we understand, you know, really, um, was that the fun? Maybe, maybe, maybe that comes back and both of them both, you know, convert equally well or equally poorly. And it was something else that we'd missed. And, and I think that iterate, iteration on testing is, is really powerful and, and, and is a great complement to analytics. There are just so many tools out there now which assist with um, either analytics or just, just general digital marketing. It's like um, a sweet shop. There's just so many different sweets there and you just can't try them all at once. But uh, hopefully we'll get around to them all. <laughs> um, so let's move on to... I wish I would have... I'd like to look back on the very first day that you were involved in trying to market a business online. What didn't you do so well? What do you wish that you would have, would have done differently? Well, when I first, uh, I actually started in marketing um, and uh, then be, then got a, you know pulled into the analytics. But I think one of the mistakes that I made was um, not um, trusting my gut, at least. Um, you know, I trusted others around me that, that they were uh, experienced in, in running campaigns and different things. And, and I really didn't stand up for my ideas and right. my, my um, you know, what I felt was right or wrong. I trusted them. And then, and to be honest, one of, one of the, we, we did a print brochure and um, I was working with a photographer who was, you know, had worked with Nike and did all this great stuff. And, and so I just assumed that she would do a great brochure for us and ended up being terrible. And, and then pretty much, you know, the, the CEO, CEO of, of the web design company I was working at pretty much said, no, we're not using this. And, and so the whole thing was a waste. And so I think I should have trusted my gut. I was, I was naive and young and, and thought that, you know, more experienced people knew better than me. Um, and I learned a tough lesson there. Right. And do you think that even though analytics tools are getting great now and will even improve even further in the future, uh, that trusting your gut is still going to be just as important moving forward? Well, I think that, you know, I've spoken out that, you know, a lot of people do trust their gut too much. And so I think it's, it's um, refining your gut or refining your experience and your intuition with data. And, you know, I will trust the data more than I will trust the, my gut. Um, there was an experience that an executive told me that, um, you know, he worked for a retailer and he had 10 years of experience doing basically clearance kind of focused retail. And now he was working for a, a very well-known fashion brand and they were just doing their first attempt at some clearance merchandise. And so he had very strong opinions around how, um, how it should be approached. And, and then his uh, director of analytics said, well, I think we should still test this. And he was, he was almost going to say, no, I know what needs to be done here. Let's just go with, you know, option A. 
Uh, but he he remembered that you know he'd he'd worked with this uh, this lady and she you know she reminded him that you know they always needed to test their assumptions and so sure enough they did it and it actually ended up being one of the best um, his assumption was wrong right. um, his gut was wrong and that the other option was actually the the better course they that they needed to take based on how it performed. And so I think, you know, obviously I think we, we get opinions, we get experience as marketers, um, but we need to use the data to refine that. And in, in the case of where I made the mistake, I had no data. Mm. I had no data. I just had my gut and I had this other person's opinion. And so if I had data, um, then I would have used the data. And then, then that might have given me confidence to, you know, it maybe it, my data, my gut and the data would have come together and, and said, no, this is a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and then I would have felt more confident to say, no, we can't go this direction. Um, but without the data and without the experience, you know, it was kind of a, it was kind of bad. Mm. I mean, occasionally data can be erroneous or, or lead in, lead you in slightly the wrong direction um, if assumptions are made. But I guess what experience is all about is knowing when to follow data and when to trust your gut. Or when to ask for more data. Right. That's when your gut might say, you know what? I don't know if this is the right course. I need more data. The this or that round. This is the quick response round. Ten quick questions. Try not to think about the answer too much. I'm just looking for your gut's reaction. Ready to go? Yeah. Email or Twitter? Yeah. Audio or video? Video. Affiliates or display advertising? Display. Facebook or Google Plus? Uh, Google Plus. Online press releases or one on one relations? One on one relations. Paid search or SEO? Paid search. Email contact form or telephone number? Email contact. Website or app? Website. Social subscriber or email subscriber? Social subscriber. And local marketing or global marketing? Local marketing. Yay! I think we got all there with definitive answers, so um, so that's great. Um, is there anyone in particular there that was um, quite challenging? Uh, paid in... Paid in SEO, paid search in SEO. I mean, I think they're both um, valid, and, and SEO is great. I, I just think with the changes that we've had to losing a lot of the keyword data, SEO gets a lot harder. And you know, I'm just thinking of from an analytics perspective. You know, I have more data with paid search, um, but uh, but yeah. So I, that was hard. That one. In, in relation to paid search or SEO, do you think in general that brands should be bidding on their own brands? I don't think so. I, I think that, you know, I think Google is getting a lot of uh, free revenue from the link being at the top, uh, you know, paid link. If, if, if you're on a phone or a tablet device, you know, when you're doing a search, um, the first link that you will see will be that paid um, thing there, and I think a lot of people aren't scrolling down to see the, the, the natural, and so I think people, I think a lot of companies are paying for that. But you know, it, it depends. I mm -hmm. mean, you're, in, you know, companies are at different, you know, different levels of maturity with their business, and 
you know, if, if you're just starting out, then maybe having a double, you know, having the organic and the paid is important. You know, if you're a young startup, you need that double exposure. But if you're an established brand, um, you know, where maybe you're, it's not as competitive market, you've got good markets, market share, then I don't know if you really do need to, to pay for that spot. I would encourage any of those brands to, to do a test, you know, go without for a, you know, a couple of weeks then turn it back on and, and then, you know, use the data to evaluate, you know, is that important? Did we, did we, um, you know, what was that paid link at the top, uh, contributing enough to offset the cost? If it isn't, then remove it. Right. Uh, I mean, I guess it depends on your industry. It also depends on whether or not you offer something like an affiliate program, because affiliate programs, um, I suppose, make it probably more likely that um, other companies are more likely to bid on your own brand, and then that can make that more challenging. Right. Mm. But it's it's not a black and white um, question, but it's certainly an interesting debate. Yes. <laughs> so moving on to... The $10,000 question. If I was to give you $10,000 and you had to spend it over the next few days on a single thing to grow your business, what would you spend it on and how would you measure success? So I, I was recently thinking about, you know, I have um, analyticshero.com. And so if that's my online business, you know, where would I invest in? So one of the things um, that I, I read an article recently and it talked about, you know, how to, how to build your brand, your personal brand. And, and, and a couple of suggestions stood out to me. One was, you know, using a, an email provider to send out a newsletter on a regular basis. So, you know, subscribing to MailChimp or, or some kind of format of, you know, a, an easy-to-use kind of email um, provider would be good. Mm. And then there's, I forget the name of the company now, I wish I knew it, but it was basically a, a company that helps you to optimize your landing pages. And so, um, you know, it, it, it helped you to do, you know, it had um, A-B testing embedded in it and it had, um, different features and, and things that that enabled you to build really attractive landing pages, and so you know, just thinking of the context of my you know the free ebook that I have, and, and driving people to to download that, and use that. I think you know, if I had ten thousand dollars, I'd invest there and and probably you know enhance my website, make it more responsive, so it works on uh, mobile devices or you know different mobile devices. I think that's where I would put my money. Okay, so a good few tips there. Um, and what about your own site? What kind of metrics do you keep an eye on on a regular basis just to see how it's performing? Well, being a blog, um, you know, you're really just looking at traffic volumes. So you're looking at visits and page views. And, and then you, you want to obviously grow your own, you know, following and, and different things. So if people are following me on Twitter or uh, following me on LinkedIn um, or connecting with me on LinkedIn, um, you know, are they sharing my articles? Um, you know, those are some of the metrics that I'm looking at. Um, and then I'm just in the process of actually redesigning the site. I'm going to be adding some new metrics. And so some of those will be, um, you know, are people going to download um, the ebook? How many people are clicking on the link to go to Amazon to hopefully buy my book, my first book? Um, you know, those are some of the things that I'm looking at in terms of metrics and, and, and evaluating how, how effective the website is. My number one takeaway. Well, Brent, you've offered a lot of great advice in our conversation, but what's the number one takeaway? What's the single most important step that our listeners need to take away and implement in their own businesses? So I think I think it's um, that, you know, you need to trust the data. You need to, you know, I'll go back to my original point where it's, you know, understand what, what are you trying to achieve online? 
and then get the right metrics in place to to uh, evaluate you know those business goals that you have. And so I would say, you know, stop what you're doing. You know, obviously the the day to day upkeep of your website and your digital marketing campaigns and everything. Stop a moment and ask that question. You know, what are we really trying to achieve? And do we have clear um, goals for what we're trying to achieve online? I you know I've met with companies. I've gone to large companies and I've sat down with marketers. And I've asked them, and, and, and they haven't been able to articulate what they're trying to achieve online. That's a big problem. Don't make the same mistake. Wow. Well, that takes us to the end of our discussion today. So thank you so much for your time, your focus, and your advice. So what's the best way for our audience to find out more about you and what you do? Yeah, there's. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at uh, Analytics Hero. And uh, also the AnalyticsHero.com website. That's, uh, that's where I'm going to have um, links to my free primer and so you can you can get to there from, uh, get to that that free primer from there and then also uh, I've got a bunch of articles uh, blogs that I've written over the last couple of years that I think are valuable and useful to to marketers and analytics professionals sounds great well thanks again Brent thank you David Did you